Abbey History Episodes are part of the series In the Shadow of the Abbey. They unveil the history of Bissom Abbey and the two families who lived in it over the past 400 years, from Lady Hobby to Mrs Paget, from wealth to death duties. There is a curse, ghosts, gold coins and special ladies. The final hobby chapter, 1609 to 1780. The shape of the village and Tudor brickmaking, from Parliament to church, illegitimacy saves the day, the start and end of the hobby baronetcy of Bissom, the succession finally falters and fails. The remainder of the Bissom estate passed to Edward and Thomas Posthumus Hobby, and in 1609, on their mother's death, a map of the estate was drawn up which still exists in the abbey. It showed that the core village on the bank of the River Thames comprised a number of dwellings along the road, probably housing the retainers and estate officials, such as the steward or controller of the estate and the bailiff. There was an inn, two farms and market gardens and orchards around. The outline of the village is still substantially as it remains today, with the moat round the abbey and the dogleg in the main road going from Marlow to Maidenhead. Elizabeth Spring and the brook are shown clearly, and other familiar names are Stony Vare, the Warren and Town Teald. The cottages have inhabitants with names such as Randall, Marshall and Rowland, which have endured for generations. Several of these houses remain in the same form today, whilst others have been redeveloped. The widow Ingram owns the house opposite the abbey, which was later divided into two or three. The farmer at Town Farm still tills the fields, but Home Farm has gone, and the orchards and market gardens were to last until the 1960s. The quarry was to become Stonyware Mansion in the late 1800s, and the brick field identifies where bricks were to be made for the new dwellings constructed in the 1600s. Brickmaking in Tudor times. Itinerant brickmakers were typically hired by wealthy clients to locate suitable topmost clay to excavate, mould, dry, fire and deliver bricks. Ideally, clay was excavated in the autumn and overwintered to break it down and to help remove soluble salts, ready for moulding from springtime onwards. Preparing the clay for moulding resulted in clay with a high water content. This made it difficult to fully fill the mould, which is why Tudor bricks are shallow in gauge height, with rounded arises, the right-angled edges. Sizes are typically found to range from 210 to 250 millimetres by 100 to 120 millimetres and 40 to 50 millimetres high, as they are in Bissom Abbey. English crossbond was particularly popular as it allowed bricklayers to create regular quarter bond offsets in every course that facilitated patterns, using the flared headers to create a polychromatic effect. Specially shaped bricks could be made. The most common method was to cut and rub the fired bricks to produce a wide variety of ornate shapes using a brick axe, a saw, a hammer and chisel and various abrasives. Called hewing, this practice was introduced by Flemish craftsmen during the 15th century and required great skill. The results can be seen in cut mouldings for plinths, reveals, tracery label mouldings over openings and in the highly decorative chimney stacks which define the brickwork of the period. 
Tudor brickwork is characterised by thick joints of lime-rich mortar. This was necessary for laying the typically irregular bricks to the line. The faces of the joints were finished or jointed, using the trowel as work progressed to create either a flush face or, more usually, a struck or double-struck profile. Sir Edward was another hobby scholar, having graduated from Trinity College, Oxford. He had gained advancement under the patronage of his uncle, Lord Burley, undertaking confidential missions for Queen Elizabeth. Lord Burley arranged for his marriage in 1592 to the Queen's cousin, Margaret Carey, and took him to Scotland in 1584, where he impressed King James VI with his affability and learning. By September 1586, he was returned as MP for Queenborough on the Isle of Sheppey in Kent, and gained distinction as the Speaker in Parliament. Having been passed over for several positions, he regained favour with Queen Elizabeth again in 1588, and was responsible for reporting directly to her on the preparations for the defence against the Spanish Armada. He was returned as MP for Berkshire in 1589 and for Rochester, Kent from 1592 for the next four parliaments. However, his attempts to reform the Exchequer were not well received by the Queen as they challenged the royal prerogative and he earned a rebuke. In 1601, he was placed in charge of the Parliamentary Privileges Committee and he emerged as a champion of parliamentary liberties. In 1594, he was granted a lucrative licence to buy and sell wool, which was to be extended under James I, who appointed him a gentleman of the Privy Chamber. Edward accompanied the expedition to Cadiz, Spain, in 1596, and in 1597 was made constable of Queenborough Castle in Kent. He became a Justice of the Peace and was elected a Knight of the Shire for both Berkshire and Kent. Reputedly, he also entertained King James frequently at Bissom. Sir Edward died without a living son. His wife, Margaret Carey, had secured the connection to court but produced no children before her death in 1605. Nor had his second wife, Elizabeth Danvers, or his third wife, Cicely Unton. He had, however, recognised and brought up an illegitimate son by his lover, Catherine Pinckney, who lived within walking distance of Bissom. So in 1616, Peregrine Hobby, 1602-1679, aged 14, was named his heir. Sir Edward died at Queenborough in March 1617. Was this the curse of Abbot Cordry at work? The Poor Law of 1576 formed the basis of English bastardy law. Under English law, a bastard could not inherit real property and could not be legitimised by the subsequent marriage of the father to mother. There was one exception, when his father subsequently married his mother and an older illegitimate son, a bastard Enye, took possession of his father's lands. After his death he would pass the land on to his own heirs as if his possession of the land had been retroactively converted into true ownership. Legitimacy also continues to be relevant to hereditary titles, with only legitimate children being admitted to the line of succession. The ancient Latin dictum, mater semper certa est, the mother is always certain, while the father is not, emphasised the dilemma. Thus, Peregrine could not inherit his father's title. 
Some monarchs, however, have succeeded to the throne despite the controversial status of their legitimacy. For example, Elizabeth I of England succeeded the throne, though she was legally held illegitimate as a result of her parents' marriage having been annulled after her birth. Despite being illegitimate, Peregrine was accepted by society and followed in his father's footsteps, becoming MP, Royalist, for Great Marlow, serving in the Long Parliament. After the Herald's visitation of Berkshire in 1664, Hobby, Peregrine Hobby, was given leave to use his father's arms with a bordia for difference, as one generally known to be well-deserving, not only for his good conversation and discreet demeanour, but also for a prudent discharge of his duty to his country, having been a burgess in Parliament for the town of Marlow. Later, he became MP for Rochester, as his father had been, and he also became a favourite of King James I. Peregrine's son, Edward, married Elizabeth Stiles, the co-heiress of Francis Stiles of Little Missenden, and his daughter married William Fleetwood of Great Missenden in 1654 at Bissom. The succession was saved. Peregrine had, of course, been unable to inherit the hobby title, so the hobby baronetcy of Bissom in the county of Berkshire was a new title created on the 12th of July 1666 by Charles II for Edward Hobby, Peregrine's son, 1634-1675, during his father's lifetime, although not much is written about him. Unfortunately, Edward died and was buried on the 1st of May 1675 at Bissom, just before his father. So the succession passed down the male line to his younger surviving brother, Sir John, 1635-1702, who married Mary Long, the daughter and heiress of Thomas Long. Lady Mary Hobby is recorded in the Bissom Register in 1685 as the wife of Sir John Hobby Baronet. Their son, another Sir Thomas, 1685 to 1730, was the next heir. He had married Elizabeth, daughter of Sir John Mill, and produced yet another Thomas, later Sir Thomas, who became MP for Marlow, who died in 1744. So again, the succession passed to his younger brother, the Reverend Sir Philip, Dean of Ardfort in Ireland. Repeatedly, the succession failed to pass directly from father to oldest son. Was this the curse at work? Reverend Sir Philip was to be the last hobby baronet, number five. And in fact, the second baronet had been a brother, John, by special remainder rather than a son. This and his burial are commemorated on a stone plaque in the hobby chapel of Bissom Church. His gift of a chalice to Bissom Church on his death in 1766 is recorded in the register by his executor and heir, John Hobby Mill. Sir John Mill was a first cousin who inherited the estate in 1766 on condition that he took the name of Hobby. This was quite common practice at the time to enable the name associated with the estate to endure. He was also the seventh Mill baronet of Camoy Court in the county of Sussex. He died in July 1780 and his wife, Lady Elizabeth Hobby Mill, sold the estate that year. She died in 1792, finally ending the era of the Hobby family at Bissom, which had lasted for nearly 250 years, despite the succession faltering on several occasions. The next chapter of the Bissom estate is owned by the Vansittart family, who were to be lords of the manor of Bissom for the next 200 years.
Thank you for joining me today. Listen again to find out what happens next in the Abbey history. Discover more about the people of Bissom in the Village Stories and the War Years episodes.